0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. I hope you're staying sane and safe during this very bizarre pandemic-influenced time. Now, the interview subject I have coming up for you, it's Matt DeSisto from the Adelaide-based outfit Shadowbrain. Now, the reason for the chat is to talk up the band's brand-new album, the debut album, as a matter of fact, Pitchfork Justice. You can find that in all the usual places. Uh, just a bit of a heads-up, the first five... Bit over five minutes or so just two blokes talking about stuff and then we hit the music do enjoy so here he is Matt Desisto from the band shatterbrain brain Andy mcKsmith calling for our chat how are you going
1: yeah not too bad how are you going mate
0: trying to keep sane uh, as best as I possibly can with these bloody bloody you know this COVID-19 bullshit going around, mate. We've got to do it, though. I mean, I'm not complaining about that, but just cross the road from me, mate. They've closed the park where I usually go and play golf. So that's oh, my, yeah, that's my outlet done. And um, also, <laughs> the you can't take kids to the play equipment. I've got daughters aged five and six, and that's their um, bread and butter at this particular point in time. But they can't do any of that stuff. So unfortunately, we've had to up the screen time, or we've allowed the screen time to be upped a little bit just for the balance of sanity.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. been my lot. Yeah, well, you have to, don't you? Because like, they'd be running the muck, stuck in the house like that, and uh, they'd be driving you nuts, like I can imagine.
0: I don't blame him, but that's exactly what happens. Yeah, and I'm sure every parent out there across the world, not just in Australia, is feeling the same way. And uh, it's a really a challenge to sort of. Uh, I ended up buying them some scooters, electric scooters and stuff, and just just to try to get them outside a little bit more but it's just a very weird time you're walking past somebody we live in you know northern gold coast really you know must be surrounded by cane fields but it's still suburbia and uh yeah. people walk toward you and they've got a dog or what have you and they're literally going on the road to walk around you know the social distancing distancing thing is definitely in force um so it's yeah, a very crazy. bizarre time mate and i assume in uh, adelaide it's very similar yeah
1: 100 percent um i don't think i think we've not quite as bad as uh, numbers-wise, is what well some of the other dates are, but <clears throat> yeah, definitely uh, people are doing very similar things. And I'm still in work, and I'm I'm a sparky. I'm going in people's houses and stuff. And oh yeah, very um, very <clears throat> touchy and about you know keeping the distance, and, like, and it's understandable. And we you know we have to wear gloves and masks and sanitizer and all this all this business. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, it's kind of surreal. It kind of doesn't feel real, but. Um, it's very real. <laughs> Look, if if people
0: continue to distance, we'll get out of it, I think, within a couple of months. But if they keep fucking around and doing what they're doing down here on the Gold Coast, all the tourists that are going to the Spit and Burley Beach and pretending like as if it's a bloody holiday, it isn't, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, getting, it's getting locals the shits, to be honest with you, because they've had to close the car parks. And how do you tell who's a local and who isn't? I mean, if they're driving a Queensland car with a Queensland number plate, it could be a rental vehicle. You know what I'm saying? We, we yeah. don't, You don't yeah. know. So they've just closed everything off.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I used to actually live on the Gold Coast, so I know what the uh, tourist tourist stuff is like there. And it'd be it, it would be a problem, actually. Now that you mentioned, I haven't thought about it, but yeah,
0: oh, it's ridiculous. All the Brisbaneites yeah. come down, and then people come up from northern New South Wales and stuff. I get it. I'm not complaining about people being here because it's a tourist town. I get that, but mm-hmm. not now. It isn't. You know, it shouldn't be now. And our Mayor, and our Mayor no. Tom Tate, like him or loathe him, as a lot of people tend to form an opinion in the latter camp, um, he's, had to be very, he's had to be very stern to people because, uh and you know, I, I think there's an element out there, and I've got to say this, particularly with some tourists, that they don't give a shit because if they get it and pass it on to somebody here, it's not their family member that gets it. Um, and that's just wrong, and I think that's the added... Yeah. And I've got to say, that's my impression. I don't have any hard data to back that up, but that's certainly been my impression. Otherwise, why the hell would so many of these people from overseas and interstate be... Be pretending like as if this thing isn't happening and just going out and enjoying the sun.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's stupid and it's it's very selfish for people to just um, you know <clears throat> to have that attitude. It's, especially when you have uh, you know elderly around, that's, uh really mm. you know going to going to cop at the worst. And what's the? Let me ask you, what's the um, situation with the border there? Because you got three he- tweet heads just over the border, and then
0: Mate, a lot it's of nuts. people, I they- guess,
1: would be going back and forth with, with yeah, work well, and stuff like.
0: It's nuts. I can tell you that what they're having to do now is uh, put concrete barriers up that they typically use for the V eight supercars or the Indy event. Remember that, and um, yeah, yeah. because people are literally driving up onto people's front yards to get around the plastic ones, and they're let you know the plastic ones are full of water. They're letting the water out of the plastic ones, the highway ones, Um, because you you know if you lived here, you know exactly what it's like. There's no real, you can't tell really when you're in New South Wales and when you're in Queensland on the border. There was some
1: some, like rocks statue thing, but it was very I can't remember. But yeah, it was like, Oh, we're in New South Wales now, okay. Yeah, yeah. down
0: at Cooley, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's but it like mm. there's actually Kira as a suburb goes across two states. So, states, yeah, so, yeah, that's right, yeah. so, it's quite possible for a driveway to be in one state and a house to be in another. So, and that's where they've caught like taxi drivers. There's a, a there's iconic photo of this taxi going up onto the footpath to drive around the bollards. You know, no, no job too hard oh. to get to apparently, and just just yeah. wilful ignorance or, and willful negligence of the laws that are in yeah. place at the moment. And and then, I mean, it cuts the other way too. There was, I think, there was a lot of Queenslanders that were going down to. Um, like Cabarita and this, like you know Cabarita Beach there, and mm. far northern New South Wales, Kingscliff and stuff, and the cars were being vandalised by locals, telling them to, to to get out. And I don't agree with that at all, but the sentiment remains, doesn't it? People are very concerned yeah, yeah, about yeah. what's happening.
1: Well, these reactions are going to happen when people start doing things like that because this is people are panicked and in a a not calm state and to begin with, them. and when people were just doing stuff like that. Um, you're going to get reactions from people, but so, they're, so they so actually they have closed the borders, like or they've tried to. They've or... tried
0: to, so they have closed them officially, yeah. but people are just going around yeah. it. And this, mate, this. There's so many, like, uh, what do you call them? Dirt bike tracks, this sort of thing that yeah, people are yeah. sort of savvy. And if you grew up around the area, you don't care. You just People just go and do what they need to do. And they've got family that live across both things. So I think if you've got that, but the, the issue there is that if, so, for example, if I go into New South Wales, I'm now enforced, to, and I wouldn't, but I'll be forced to self-isolate for two weeks. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because you're technically, yeah, you're coming into the
0: state or, yeah. Yeah, I could have been in contact with somebody up here, like a somebody coming in off that bloody ocean liner that docked at Sydney and flew up. In a, got onto a plane and flew up here. You hear about that, the Ocean Princess, I think it was called. I can't remember the name of the boat now, but docked and they were forced to get off, <coughs> excuse me, not in the dead of night, but very early in the morning and there was no checks and consequently, I, I don't know what the number is, but a great number, a great percentage of our cases, COVID-19 cases in Australia come from that bloody boat. I can't. I can't stand cruise ships. I think they're disgusting. They're oh just...
1: yeah, no. I'd never. You never catch me on one. Just the whole thing about it is, uh I uh, don't no, no, like anything about it. Um, I guess the only the only possible thing I'd consider is going on one of those festival metal festival ones. But even then, it's like accidents happen if you're drinking non-stop, and
0: they're still gross. they are missing though. Yeah. on cruises. <laughs> I was just I was just talking to Nicholas Sandon from um, Catatonia last night, and we were t- we were talking about this exact same thing because he's played on sixty thousand or nine hundred thousand tons of metal or whatever that thing is that leaves from yeah, Florida. Yeah. And I said, oh, "How did you do it?" Like he's like, "Yeah, it was very similar conversation." Again, it was. Yeah, it's apart from playing, it's not that great. I mean, you can only drink and gamble on there, and then there's those Facebook photos that are up uploaded onto their socials, or you know, of course, if it's on Facebook, it's on their socials of all these drunk yobos yelling and carrying on and stuff and getting plastered whilst they're in the middle of the ocean, mate. I could not imagine anything fucking worse, to be honest yeah. with you, than yeah, being around. Good, a, good point. <laughs> like just, mate, you would, I would save my fifteen grand or however much it costs to go on the bloody thing because that's how much you'd end up spending. If you gambled and stuff, yeah. you know, oh yeah, a yeah, bad yeah loss.
1: for sure. It's probably it's probably a younger younger me's uh, uh, time to have rather than uh, trying to do something like that now. But, um, hmm. but yeah, there's no escape. Like especially for the bands, you the bands would be amongst the drunk drunk dickheads all the time, I suppose. But.
0: Yeah, I couldn't handle it, mate. I I mean look God, I'm I'm a drinker, so don't get me wrong, I get tipsy from time to time. But if you oh yeah. it might be the forty one year old coming out of me, mate, but I can't stand that sort of boorish behaviour these days. You know, like people invading other people's space for no reason because they're just not thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. know, I would yeah. never go into yeah. surfers, for example. I mean, I'm a musician, so I've played there heaps, but I don't think I've I don't I can honestly tell you, in the last fifteen years, I don't think I've maybe not fifteen years, maybe ten years definitely at least, I haven't been out there socially. I got no need to, you know. It's just a yeah. drunk tank, you know. Mm, yeah,
1: uh, no, it's it is it is the gummiest place for sure. <laughs> like I sort of finished high school there, and like so I started my drinking years there, and I'd go out there, and um, it gets really old really quick. And then people would always say like, "Why'd you come back here?" You know, and I'm like, "Gold Coast is a great place for socially. It's a great place to visit." Hmm. Like. Um, for, for that kind of life, like going out and yeah, uh, yeah well, well, if you not...
0: school there, if you schooled here, you know all about it. Then it's as simple as that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very. Sometimes I think it's hard to relate for people to relate to it unless they've had formative years here. Um, and it's a tourist town, as I say. There's no doubt. But just, I mean, I've never had anything bad happen in surfers. I'm not talking about it from that angle. It's just, it's just a waste of money buying nine dollar beers. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not. I don't, I don't really find it
1: fun, or the thought of it fun. You know. I had quite a night out somewhere with mates, having a couple of beers is, is a lot better sounding for me than being surrounded by a bloody on cavallaro, you know, everyone uh, jacked mm. up on whatever.
0: Mm. Yeah, agreed, mate. But uh, look, I reckon I've got I've got another fifteen minutes or so before the next one comes on board, so we better talk about this album of yours, mate, because um, you know when you reached out. I actually thought someone from Scatterbrain had reached out initially. I don't know whether you know that, that band name, but you know, don't call me dude. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's, yeah. that's weird. Because I get, I get, you get the most strange, well, I wouldn't say strange, but I'm really flattered by some of the people that reach out for interviews, such as, um, um, oh God! Who was the last one that re- Don Felder from the Eagles agent or someone like that? And you're like, holy shit! Okay, let's let's go yeah. with this. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Scatterbrain had reached out. But then I got excited again because I did have a listen to your album, of course. So thank you for sending through the uh, the stream of that, because uh, the Pitchfork Justice is of course the name of the album. Now, at first, I started to hear uh, a very hard edge, Sacred Reich vibe. That's what I got being a long-time metal fan, with decent serves of testament. And, of course, there's that Slayer element in there too, which I'm sure you'll tell me all about. But, uh, mate, in your own words, how would you describe what you guys have done here across Pitchfork Justice?
1: Yeah, well, you're pretty on the money with some of those those influences. Um, Definitely a lot of heavy, hefty dose of thrash in there and and a bit of crossover vibes. Um, But, yeah, we kind of um, try not to just lean too much into that style and also sort of uh, more mid-tempo, groovy, um, mm. at times stonery um, <clears throat> aspects as well. So um, nice. between yeah. those, sort of um, that realm, of, you know, the crowbar, high on fire, and then the... Uh, nice. Yeah, flayer and testament and the old school crossover and thrash, it uh, kind of um, covers our bases uh, uh, for the most part.
0: Hmm. Yeah, what I like most about your music, though, and here's a real good compliment, is the variation in timing. So there's not a whole heap of different time signatures in there, like a sound garden sort of thing going on. But what you guys have done is um, there's a lot of in the same song you slow things down and you quicken things up, and then you've got a lot of double timing going on. And as a musician, I think that keeps things really interesting for you guys. But what it does ultimately, it allows the many rolled gold riffs across the album that you're producing. To breathe, and that's a really important point because a lot of these bands come out with, uh, I hear it all the time with some underground bands where they might have some good riffs, but they're going by at a million kilometres an hour and you don't catch it properly. But if it's just slowed down a little bit and they're not trying to um, sort of copy or mimic uh, techniques from a particular style, looking at you, black metal, you know, for example, (laughs) but... Yeah. From your guys' perspective, is that intentional? Intentional? Like, do you set out? Do you write a song and then go, right? How can we make this more interesting? Or is it something that just happens between the band songwriters?
1: Oh, it's definitely we pay attention to that detail a lot, and it changes so much. Um, you know, conversations are, always, is this right at this tempo? Let's try it at this tempo. <clears throat> you know, tempos are a big one as well when you find find the right pocket for the right riff. To, to like you said, because it can be can just sort of, roll, it's too fast, you can just roll by um, and you lose all the nuances and things like that that might be in the riff or in the pocket for the drums. So um, yeah, we spend a fair bit of time on that in the writing and then even in the studio, there's you know a, a few little bits and pieces that will pop up and, and the producer would suggest something and it's like, yep, let's just go with it. And if he's hearing it, it must be something worth pursuing. So,
0: I was going to ask you about that. So you did work with a producer, uh, did you? And who did you work with?
1: Yeah, we did. We went into this one with uh, wanting to have sort of someone else um, driving the boat, so to speak. Um, and, um, yeah, we got into this guy, Jimmy <coughs> in here in Adelaide um, at Ghoststone Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's worked with a bunch of people before, and and he was yeah, the studio and the stuff he'd done is kind of you know up our alley a bit with, with what we were wanting to do with this, sort of raw, polished sort of um, sound, and um, yeah, we just sort of went into it, all of us, saying, you know, let's just um, let him take the lead, and then see where it takes us, and we're pretty stoked with uh, the end result. Mm.
0: It's very polished, mate. You know, unless you guys have spent a fortune, you've got somebody who knows what's going on, and how to, uh, you know, not all producers can work with all bands, we know that, there's too many examples through history, um, mm. But but he's really uh, he really—it sounds like as though there was a good dialogue between you guys, because yeah, it just—it works.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, we—he—he—he he, he spent the time. He spent a fair bit of time, you know, um, with the drums and moving, and you know, I think Ryan said that he he set up the kit and then broke it down like and set it up again three times just to move the snare in a certain point in the room to get a certain sound, and then at a, at a It's too pedantic or what, but, um, you know, the end result is, you know, he really didn't have to mix it all that much um, because he was getting all the sounds he wanted at the source um, from what I could see anyway. Um, And the end result is, yeah, I guess things naturally sort of sit in the mix um, roughly where they're supposed to. And then it's just fine tweaking, I think, for for the mix. And then it sort of got a great result for us. So.
0: Hmm. Now the guys. Any other time, the guy's name would pop into my head straight away. But Lamb of Chris Adler. There you go. You've got a yeah, great. Yeah. You've got a great drummer, and Ryan Quarrington. He reminds me of him a little bit, and as does your guitar playing. Reminds me of Adler's brother in uh, Lamb of God as well, and the other fellow whose name, of course, it escapes me. Any other time, I'd remember it. But you know, you yeah. guys. You guys don't sound like Lamb of God, but you guys work in really well as the string section with your drummer, so, I mean, Ryan is, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of percussion and drumming, mate, and I rate Ryan very highly from what I've heard on this album here, mate, so, wh- where did you find him, or where did you guys meet Ryan?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure his head won't fit through the door after that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, nah, he's, um, we've been good mates for a long time, we've played in different bands, like, hmm. in the past together, and we sort of just, um, yeah, form- formed a band um, a couple of years ago in, with the aim to you know, let's let's get a band together with like-minded individuals who want to tour harder and 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 write more pro- prolifically. And um, yeah, we we I think we've been pretty successful with that so far, and we're just going to try and keep doing the same sort of thing. But yeah, it's been working well. And um, yeah, definitely do try and lock in with the guitars and drums and, and rhythm section uh, wherever we can.
0: Hmm. Does he do any of the writing? Because he sounds like one of those drummers who can play the guitar as well, just from the way he's playing playing the drums it's very like it's on point sure but it's very musical as well and i always find musical drummers can play a stringed instrument as well
1: yeah yeah this is a good ear. he plays around a bit on the guitar but um I, I, he definitely has got a strong hand in, in composing a lot of the stuff and um mm. you know once the sort of riffs are together um yeah we sort of work together on where, what, where, we, where we go with it, what repetitions, how do we alter the tails. And so, yeah, that probably that's probably where that comes from, I reckon, and then he probably he gets an ear for it and locks in with it uh, from there. Mm.
0: Yeah, and look, the, the thing that I like too about what you guys are doing, you've paid a lot of attention, and I talk about this quite a bit on the podcast series, you've paid a lot of attention to your artwork <coughs> and the integration into the music video talk and fear. I really like what you did there. So can you tell me who you worked with on the artwork?
1: Oh, thanks! Thanks very much for that. Yeah, we um, we had a bit of a, an idea for themes for the album, and they sort of all just naturally started to come together. Um, and then we so we sort of decided to go down that line with um, with the yeah the whole social media thing and the um, talking fear and all that. And there's, there's this artist here in Adelaide called Steve Lehman. Um, he does a lot of the art. He does all the art for. Um, festivals here Steve Lehman
0: and, uh, okay I'm going to record his name down here. He's, uh, he's cool Yeah, he's good at what he does
1: yeah oh he's, he's awesome he's awesome and we worked with him before on some other stuff um, uh, just some uh, shirt designs and things like that but he like knocked this one out of the park and um, yeah we've gotten so many compliments on the uh, on the artwork and it's really all, all on him he's, he took what our vision was and turned it into something really cool so
0: hmm yeah yeah that's great man yeah because a lot of bands uh there i love a lot of the old school death metal artwork and it reminds me quite a bit of that what you got going on here i love leaning into that sort of stuff for me the 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 image on the album needs to be a visual representation of what the music sounds like and again there are far too many examples of albums where the artwork looking at ucorn where where it just seems to be quite random and it seems to be really juvenile to be honest and i I don't understand why they go down that path my own opinion, of course, but with you guys, yeah. it's it's very mature artwork and it's very serious artwork that matches the music that you've got.
1: Yeah, well, thank you very much. Yeah, we we're in the same vein. We really like the art side of it as well, and it's uh, I think we just think of it as like another extension of of the whole package. You know, um, hmm. what we're trying to say with the album, what the messages are in it, and um, it's another incentive, you know, for people to buy physical product which is so hard these days especially vinyl you know you get the vinyl it's a big big version of it and there's a pull out inside and uh, I always love getting a, a vinyl like that and opening it up and, and seeing all the detail up close on the on I did the big, too
0: yeah so. yeah what about uh, have you got some silk flags organised you know those synthetic flags I've got a couple hanging in my place at the moment have you got some of them plagued for this, uh, planned for the artwork?
1: You know, we don't, but that's a really good idea, as you mentioned. Do
0: it. Please, just do a short <laughs> run of, like, 50 or 40 or something, whatever you know, whatever the minimum amount you can do is, because, man, I'd, I'd probably look into getting one myself, to be honest, man. That's killer.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I'd definitely get one up in in, uh, in my place as well. Be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to look into that. Um yeah, hopefully we can get some shows together soon to, to try and sell some of that stuff, because, yeah, it's crazy times at the moment. Mm.
0: Just going to give you a tip on who I think you guys should do some shows with. I don't know whether you've heard of Gloom in the Corner before, a band from Melbourne. Now they're very different stylistically to you guys, but I think, oh God, I'd love to see that as a one-two punch bill. Right,
1: okay. No, I actually haven't heard of that. Check them out. Gloom Gloom in the
0: Corner? Yeah, Gloom in the Corner. A bit of a silly name, to be honest, but the music is far from silly. I interviewed the singer... About a year ago or so, um, let me tell you what the name of the album is, because I know people like to maybe be very specific on these things whenever I mention. So I'm just looking in my phone now. Gloom in the Corner. The name of the album is called Survivors' Guilt. Right. Okay. Awesome. Um, awesome band. They're like a. To me, they sound uh, like as if if you went if you said to the musicians in Deer Side, play music like Corn or Limp Biscuit. Um, I know that sounds completely nut- nutty, but not when you hear it. Yeah, it sounds great.
1: No, but that I like the sound of that because it sounds very different.
0: Yeah, it's but, dangerous. Um, yes, yeah. it's, it's like a muir. Yeah. What a muir doing?
1: Right, right. Yeah, I've jotted that down. I'm definitely going to check them out because um, I'm always. Yeah, it's always great finding some cool new bands, especially if they're just down the road in Melbourne. Um, hmm. You know, it'd be cool to tee up a show with, uh, with bands like that, for sure.
0: Hit them up. I mean, you're both serious bands. You're not screwing around. I can tell by by the sound you've got right across Pitchfork Justice, um, you know, whoever their agent or manager is. Maybe they do it. Hopefully they do it themselves. Do you guys do it yourself, or do you have an agent or a manager?
1: Uh, we just do it ourselves for the moment. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, we'll, keep it that way. Yeah. It's, yeah, just for the... We can handle everything we want to do at the moment. Um, well, we, we were just planning to do it... Uh, a national tour and and you know branch it we brush down to Asia and stuff so we can we got all that sort of we can manage all that sort of thing but um, yeah who knows if the right person comes along for, for the management then
0: uh, we have a look at it then. Mm. Well, you mentioned Asia there and I did read your bio so you have done some touring and you've done some pretty bloody good touring because I'm always encouraging bands to go further abroad and. What better place to do than than in Asia, uh, a place where I spent quite a lot of my time in, and um, I know there's a great thirst for heavy metal in Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines. Um, but you did do some shows with the Cavalier Brothers as well. So, I mean, it's it, you probably can't answer the question at the moment with what's going on with this bloody pandemic. But what strategy? Oh, so you can't answer the question from this perspective, I suppose, which is that given you can't play shows, I was going to ask you where you're going to play shows, but of course you can't. But what strategy have you got for promoting this album? Because I've had this conversation too often lately, but it needs to be had. It's an album that I'd really hate to fall through the cracks and for people to not hear it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it is a bit of a frustrating one, uh, <laughs> but you know, all things considered, you know, it can't be helped, and, and everyone needs to do what's right um, at the moment. But yeah, we did have we did have some plans this year. Obviously, that they're, they're not they're not um, going to happen the way we wanted them to, but. Yeah, we're just trying to work out a good plan. Um, we're lucky enough that we've got a good PR plan already in place for the album. We've been releasing new webisodes, um, and we've released a video for the first single, and um, yeah, there'll be some more webisodes coming out in the coming weeks, and maybe even another cheeky video coming up soon. So cool. we'll just keep trying to get some content out like that, and then, um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Really, it's interesting to see what all the like all kinds of bands are doing. I'm I'm noticing heaps of live, live Facebook shows coming up. um,
0: We could,
1: yeah, from bigger bands um, around the place. So it'll be interesting to see those from those guys.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, mate. I think that's all I've got time for. Um, As you can tell, I'm a fan. I mean, you know, thanks for reaching out. Uh, Just quickly, I, I get, I don't get too many local artists these days reaching out. Um, but I've had to I've found that I've had to vet a lot of it because sometimes you, it's very strange with some local bands. They tend to be far more arrogant and sure of themselves than what massive international touring bands are. I don't get that, and it's it's been like that since I've been in bands too. And you are definitely not like that, so don't don't get me wrong about that one. You gave me some compliments about some of the episodes that you listened to. Man, I really appreciate that. And I guess just for anybody listening that's in a local band, that's the way to do it. Um, I, I you know have a good product, as in have a great album like what you guys have got and just be cool and we'll have a chat. Simple.
1: Yeah, it's, it's that simple, isn't it? Yeah. I think sometimes yeah, some of the younger bands just, or well, some people, I don't know, they, they, um, yeah. I've noticed yeah. the same thing as well, but, um, you know, we're all just here having a good time and, and wanting to play some music and have a chat. And, um yeah, I, I love what you're doing with the show. And, I, I, yeah, it would be cool if there was... um just more people doing it i guess um but yeah yeah, you're doing a great job and and um i just noticed you announced a a new a new podcast you're doing today i saw on facebook is that right
0: yeah with yeah let me tell you about that just quickly um john howarth who uh is the nuclear blast guy here in australia um here's the hint he can also look at signing bands okay so we're actually trying to ramp up nuclear blast presence and the sort of impact that nuclear blast has in Australia, kind of like what it was like twenty years ago when you had Century Media here and a few other of the smaller indie metal labels, you know. And um, so we just thought it was a good idea. There's just there aren't any metal radio shows around anymore. Uh, I had one on Four Triple Z, but I just couldn't do it because commitments got too much. And uh, this one I can do remotely because it's over in Perth, but it's a digital radio station, so you can listen to it anywhere in the world. That's what the beauty of digital is, meaning it goes onto the internet as well as on digital platforms. But, yeah, it's just about promoting all these wonderful artists that we interview through Nuclear Blast and trying to give them some footing too. And, look, I, I would dearly love to see a band like yourself playing the sort of music you're doing, uh, get signed to Nuclear Blast. I mean, really, I mean, I know it's not a not a, as much of a big deal as what it used to be back in the day, but it's still the cachet that you get by saying that you're on Nuclear Blast will open up doors that you wouldn't be open if you weren't.
1: Okay, and, and yeah, it would be a big... Something like that would be a, a big deal still uh, to us, because, you know, Nuclear Blast seemed to be the premier, uh, I guess, metal label... Uh, worldwide at the moment um but no that's great i look forward to hearing the hearing the podcast and um
0: yeah the conversations yeah. <laughs> man we've had so far have been really good like I, I get into all sorts of stuff outside of music music's just one part of who i am and what my interests are you know politics current affairs all the rest of it we get i get into all of that and uh i'm back at, i'm at bond actually so you know exactly where bond is when i mention uh, yeah. the uni yeah so i'm i'm at 41 years of age i'm almost done um, almost through, and I've got one more semester to go. Hopefully, it bloody goes ahead next semester. <laughs> Who knows what's going yeah, to happen geez. with this thing? Oh, I mean, if it doesn't go ahead, I'll be. I mean, I'll, I have to get back into the workforce. It's as simple as that. And I, I'll write. I already do a lot of interning for News Limited, the Gold Coast Bulletin. Um, so hopefully yeah. I'll get a job there full time. Um, so I'll, I'll be going back in there as an intern in a couple of weeks. I think it's just been liaising with the editor now. So, but. Yeah, I get into all sorts of things, tend to be fairly worldly, and uh, the idea of it too is on the podcast, not the radio show is more about promoting the music, but the podcast is really about really just breaking down the barrier between me and the and John's on the call as well, John Howarth, um, and the artist and talking about all sorts of different stuff. So, of course, we've been talking about COVID-19. So like to par from Sabaton and he's stuck in Moscow. Um, he can't Jesus. get back to Sweden. So... It's very, very, well, not in anybody's collective living memory have we had a time like this that the whole world no. has been affected by.
1: Yeah, and yeah, it definitely puts a lot of things into perspective, uh, I think.
0: So. Mm. It yeah, does, mate. Um, yeah. I, I,
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that, uh, the podcast, and, um, yeah, hopefully we can... Um, have a chat sometime again soon. And when all this stuff blows over, we'll come up there and play a show and catch up and have a beer.
0: Fingers crossed, mate. Yeah, look, if you got, you know, whenever you've got an album release or an EP or something, that you're doing something special, mate, just reach out because we'll have a chat, no problem. You know that. And uh, any, anything to spread the word, mate, good, great. Uh, most of my audience is abroad. It's not in Australia. Only 15%, 20% of it's in Australia. Um, I'm, right. I, I speak to too few Australian artists, to be honest with you, but it's because I just get so many opportunities to talk to other artists from overseas that I just take, I take basically what's on offer, but there's just, you know, we're a smaller market here in Australia, so there isn't the volume of bands. But you you guys are world-class. I'm not just bullshitting you, you know, with what you're doing. I really hope Pitchfork Justice uh, reaches the ears of somebody who can, you know, if it's not nuclear blast, somebody who can do something for you in the States or in Europe or even, as I say, in Asia.
1: I appreciate the kind words and, um, yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see how we go. (laughs) For sure.
0: You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That was Matt DeSisto from the Adelaide metal outfit Shutterbrain. Thanks for listening.